this is just winging it. Winging it! Woo, I'm John Abdullah. I am eating pineapple. Yeah. And my name is Patrick. Patrick And I'm Green, from Panama. Eating pineapple. really testing the limits of my uh, paper. pop filter today. You are. Yeah, I'm actually not from Panama. I'm from Connecticut originally. But you do have paper and a pen. I do have paper and a pen. I'm, there's a lot of peas going on today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also have a, uh, a lovely corsage of tissues. That oh, I've and a penguin from. shirt. And a penguin. Oh, my God. And a penguin shirt. I'm also wearing pants for the first time on this podcast. So. Yeah. it's a, I, I've left that detail out for our, that's our true. fannies. I think people can tell. You but, know. you know, the no pants thing has been a little bit awkward for that's, a long that's, time. But, I, I, I but we're sitting that, at a table, you know? so I can't see his, you know, the downward. You've that's heard, true, uh, maybe yeah. I've even said this on this podcast, the but pee. you know that's a Sean Connery thing, right, apparently? What? I remember hearing this interview that Wesley Snipes had done. <laughs> that's a <laughs> that good alone start. is like a great start to any story, <laughs> right. right? I'll listen um, to that interview. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he talked about how Sean Connery... Uh, in his movies, if he's driving, if he's in a driving scene, he just won't wear pants. Really? Yeah, because why the fuck would you? I don't know. Yeah. Why would you wear pants? That was like if Sean Connery played, what's the guy in the latest, not the latest Batman movie. Oh, but, Bane. Yeah, That Bane. was kind of like It was Bane. Sean Connery I was doing the Bane, Bane voice last night, which is why I'm stuck. Cause Henry, it was good. Because Henry good looks Bane. like Tom Hardy. For some reason, yeah, and he was, uh, and he was um, like doing villainous lines from the Spider-Man game that we're going to oh, talk about. That's awesome. And I was like, I was like, Henry, can you say it? Like, I was born in the dark, and and he was like, why? And I, <laughs> but that was definitely Bane with Sean Connery because yeah. there is a touch of that. I don't wear pants in the car. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling uh, a little bit sick still. Yeah. But you know what? You my my corsage is coming in handy. I feel like uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be good, and I am. Currently shoveling uh, two different forms of pineapple into yeah, my yeah, which mouth. I I just told you before the show you were I, I think aghast that I, I was actually I do not actually enjoy pineapple. It, I was almost as aghast as you were when I mentioned that I hadn't played any Zelda games. Almost. It was a similar moment. Yeah, uh, you you don't like pineapple, but like Zelda's good, you know, and pineapple. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with pineapple? I know it does actually seem like it something that should just candy. objectively be good. It's regal. Yeah. Yeah. It it has spikes on it. It has fuck. It has it is my hair cut. Cool looking. I'll give it that. It, it has, has your my hair cut. Or rather, it's you have armored. its haircut. I do. It's, Let's I've, be I've honest tried to basically that. look like a pineapple. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's proud of who it is. It doesn't make any. You it know, does. You're apologies right. for it. It doesn't. It fucking defends itself from predators. And Which it is pretty like badass. Actual candy. Um. And it's also healthy. It's good for you. I just wish it tasted better. How could it taste? <laughs> I, I I can't picture. I'm literally eating I mean, freeze dried pineapple. I'll have like a pina colada. Yeah, that's a good. You know, yeah. Coconut. Well, this is that's coconut. This is, this is coconut pineapple juice. So, that I'm so drinking. maybe there's some artificial pineapple that I'm okay with. I don't know. I think you need a gateway pineapple experience, and yeah. I can tell you what mine was. Oh, so in uh, about 2004, I was. It's not like it was the first time I had. I've always liked pineapple. You know. Yeah. Um, but the 2003 I mean, like, like years does. before that, you were. Eh, I, well, I was. I wasn't it. like a convert. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And we were on a cruise with my. I was on this with my family. Yeah. This is the early 2000s. And uh, and I was kind of in like a semi angsty phase. I was like, you know, I was in college, but I, I was I was kind of wanted to do my own thing. So I, I spent a lot of time when we weren't doing family just stuff the off horizon. the boat, <laughs> just yeah. crying. Yeah. Um, you know, exploring the ship. And uh, there was a twenty four hour buffet, and I've always been kind of a night owl. And this buffet had a, like pineapple uh-huh. in it, and it would always be replenished. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's fucking gold. <laughs> Infinite pineapple. <laughs> so basically, what I would do is I would sit, just I would write sit music there. near yeah. the buffet, yeah. and I would just eat. I would just eat hundreds of gallons of pineapples, 
Um, and and I, I was like thrilled with this. Situ- I mean, I was so happy about this situation. That was actually the happiest you've ever been. It was that was the apotheosis of yeah. my life. And then the problem is, is that after two days of eating pineapple, basically nonstop. Uh, my mouth began to get actually like burned from it. Really? Like, a is pineapple of... that acidic? Pineapple is fucking so tough. Uh, pineapple, not yeah. only is it shielded, not yeah. only does it have a crest, but it has these things that can abrade the mouths of predatory <laughs> animals. And I was the predatory animal the predatory in, this animal in this case, And it made me yes. love it even more. And I didn't stop. So by the end of this, you know, two week cruise, I was I literally I couldn't eat anything. Like I actually lost weight, which was great. You know, I was like, you actually ate. I, that I just much basically pineapple. just started only eating pineapple. And Man, uh, you go all in. I yeah, That's I don't do anything. Do I go full ass. How you do it? Full do. ass, Patrick Green. So anyway, so you know, for a number of years after this experience, you know, I kind of had a, a more. You know, I still love you pineapple, had to be but I was aware. I was aware that I could become addicted to it. You were like a recovering, destroy. You know, yeah, right. I would go to meetings, <laughs> but then I found on Reddit a community called the Knights of Pineapple, of and I was like, "Fuck, here we of go!" Of course, you did. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like one of the most frequent posters in the, the Knights, Knights of, pineapple. of it's, pineapple. It's it's set up to defend pineapple on pizza, which I absolutely you know. Love. Reddit is a space that I just feel like I really need to spend more time in. There's like fifty thousand people in the Knights of Pineapple thing, and, and we just fucking, that. we post yeah. our pineapple stories, our recipes. That's um, it. Where else in the world of, can you find that? You know, Reddit right, exactly. has whatever you're looking for. Right, exactly. Um, and, and there's like 50,000 other people who like <laughs> pineapple on pizza and pineapple in general enough yeah. to fucking post in that thing every day. I mean, pineapple on backpacks. People have pineapple shower curtains. Um, it's a it's a very charismatic fruit, and I think it's delicious. <laughs> I, I really would love for you to get more into it. And uh, and I think after Brought we to you record, by the pineapple industry. <laughs> that's true. There's a lot of fun happening there. Yeah, all that pineapple uh, I'll big I'll give you money. some recipes. You know, we'll, we'll talk about pineapple yeah, prep. I'll throw them out. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. How you been? <laughs> I'm good. It's fall. It's officially fall. And, uh, you know, of. here in New England, that's that's a beautiful thing. I mean, it no, does. I love fall. It means we're that's closer not to what winter. we have right now. You know, yeah, we're you don't think so? We're stuck in a, in a torporific Gray, torporific. Uh, torpor, All right, go torporific. Ahead. Explain. Gray. What does that word we're mean? We're stuck in a torpor. You know, like we're a uh, terp. We're like terp? we're like langu- turf. No torpor. Torp torpor. Tor tor torpor. A torpor. <laughs> no, it, like you know, like we're kind of uh, languishing in this gray. Yeah. Infinite bleakness. I know the lack right of now. sun for sure. It's been three That's weeks. Essentially, what it is. It's been it's, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I guess when you put it that way. It's just gray. And like some of the leaves are kind of changing, but it's like kind of warm too. It's just this kind of gray, warm Mushy. garbage. Yeah, but in pineapple, when I'm eating pineapple, my heart is sunny and golden. Full of so. joy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. But you've been good? You've been enjoying fall so far? I, yeah, I still am. I went apple picking this past weekend. I saw so that, that was fun. That was an early apple picking experience. It was, but you got to go early, man. You yeah, got to get those apples. I think the apple season, isn't it starting earlier? Did I just make that up? Climate uh, change? I don't. Et well, why would, that be, why would that be the case? Because Cause it, don't apples wait for the cold weather? Doesn't it get colder earlier now? Uh, we've very quickly run into uh, a situation where neither of us have any idea what the fuck is happening. <laughs> I thought it was getting cold later in the season. Is it not? But doesn't it get cold sooner? <laughs> we can just do this all day. No, but does it weather I think, happen? But I think I think the the shift in um I think what happens is the freeze, the first frost. That's like a big moment for farming, frost. right? <laughs> We're the just White making Walkers. shit up. Yeah, this is this is the most bullshit we've ever done. We should done. just stop. Anyway, the apples were out, though. They were good. They, I can attest to that. They were out. What did they you get? They are good. Uh, you know, this farm that we went to, I think they only had uh, Macintosh and uh, what's the one that starts with C? Crap. Because Macintosh crap are yes. crap. Yes, yes. I know. Mac- I'm not a big fan of Macintosh. Cortland they're, is the other one. Oh, and Cor- I like, Cortland is nice. I like that's, Cortland. That's relatively that's vivacious. 
vivacious. It's not a pineapple, but you know, it's got. Yeah, this it's is got actually some... the episode about apples. Pineapples, apples. Yeah, pen, pineapple, uh, apple. What pen. else is there? Computers. Cran apple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so yeah, we went apple picking. And the Cortland, you know, the other thing I've um, started doing just last year is making cider. Oh, that's what you do, yeah. And uh, have you ever done it? Um, Mike has done it. Yeah, it's great. You can use it's a great. slow cooker and you just like, you yeah, know, exactly, put in yeah. some spices. You mull that and shit. You mull it. And uh, what I'd love it. to do is learn how to make hard cider, but, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm sure that's like really complicated, so I won't ever do that. Well, there's, they're popping up all over the place, these hard cider breweries. Oh, man. You, you know, know I've, ne- I've never, I have, I've never been into hard cider, but I went, when I went to Stowe for that bachelor party, yeah. we went to the Stowe Cidery, thank you. Yeah. And I tried some ciders, and, uh, you know, they weren't just, like, standard, you know, crap ciders that right. I guess I used to have. Right. Um, and they were amazing. Oh, man. I mean, some were, like, they were, like, wines, oh, you know? Oh, man. A good, a, a cider, an artisanal cider artisanal is a beautiful cider. thing. It's where it's at. Could you realize that, and this is, like, kind of an overarching theory that I'm about to generalize Uh-oh, hugely here we with. go. But if people care enough about something, they can make anything compelling, right? Mm. I don't give you a can, shit about apple cider. I like it. Like, yeah. I like going, I'll, I'll get on a fucking tractor. I'll go on a ride. I'll get apple cider. I'll be happy about it. But yeah. I'm not going to like go yeah, on apple a, I'm not going go to the Knights of Hard Apple Cider subreddit. You okay. Know? Yeah. Um, but then Even you, you come across, no, that's not true. You come across so much these, more. well, in this, in this season, no, I no, still I prefer think, pineapple. No, I think apples are always better that's, than pineapple. That's just, that's a logical fallacy. So I, much I more useful, all purpose. Well, they're they're more versatile. Versatile, that's the word. I knew. I'll give you that. Yeah, they're they're God they're, they're damn not it. they're not torporific. Why can't I fucking think of words? The weather's that... changing. <sighs> um, it's really frustrating. But, I can but, only but imagine. you come across somebody with, with who is like an artisan with yeah. cider, yeah. right? Yeah, and you realize, oh an my God, there's guy. a whole artisan. artisan. There's a whole like universe of people who have worked on cider for generations that I've never even met before who yeah. have been honing this thing. It's true. And you get to a point where all of a sudden you care a lot about It's apple incredible. Cider, right? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I, I mean, going there, um, and you know, it's not even like I went on a full tour or anything like that, but you just, it does give you an appreciation for all that goes into it. Because these people wake up and the first thing they do is they go... I need to make the perfect cider today. I gotta go get, let some apples go bad. I gotta go. Today. I gotta go spoil some apples. <laughs> I gotta regret not going cool to pineapple that cider too, right? I yeah. mean, it's the process. Like, imagine being some of those first right? people, yeah, yeah, who discovered this kind of thing. I mean, I guess the, I guess it's pretty easy how this one would have been discovered. You know, it's like, oh, that apple went bad, but I kind of like how it makes me feel. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and that's how you know hard cider and other stuff came to be. Right. I guess, but apparently, also hard cider cider used to be a much bigger industry. Um, really? Until beer had taken over. Yeah, you know, I had learned this from a colleague a while ago, and I don't know any of the details Well, how anymore. long ago were we talking? Do you um, know? Oh, I have no idea. Like but century? I think in particular like... New England, probably centuries, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but, um, you know, now we think of, you know, alcohol, like, you think of alcohol, and it's basically like beer, wine, and then you've got hard liquor or cocktails. Right. Oh, that's right, um, but like, but, but even in but like the 17, 1800s, be, there yeah. used to be a lot of mulled alcoholic cider. Right, going exactly. Out. Yeah, right, because yeah, 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 I've yeah. seen cook, there's whole cookbooks out there that oh, are I'm only sure. about like old cider recipes. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this episode? What yeah. are we doing? We got we got apple extraction. cider. You know what I mean? Like we go sometimes I feel like we go deep into a topic in this show, right? We're in the jungle. Yeah. And uh, we just need to be extracted from it, you know, just like pull it out. Yeah, we do. I zoom know. back up above the trees. But I'm very much. And then thinking we'll drop in cider. on the topic at hand. But you, have you ever had this experience before, where, for example, knitting? No, Knit, knitting is not something that I think about on my yeah. daily in my daily life. Yeah, just but my sister is weekly, maybe maybe every week. I'll think about knitting. Mm-hmm. And, and if, but if I do think about knitting, I'll be like, oh, that's 
comfy. I don't know. Yeah. But my sister is like a virtuoso at it, mm. and she does you know all these like hundreds of hours on these projects, yeah. and so like now. I have an appreciation for knitting. I can see it as not just sort of an old random person hobby. Yeah. It's actually something that no, like. No, it's so true. Right? Yeah. There's and so I much in life I like feel that. that way. When you have this a moment where you uh, suddenly understand what goes into something. Yeah. You know, it, this happened to me more with coffees um, recently. Yes. Like I had an appreciation for coffee and I, you know, I love it. Um, and we live, fortunately live at a time where we can access a lot of good coffee. But I had mm-hmm. mentioned that book that I read, The Monk of Mocha. Yeah. And uh, it just gave me this new appreciation for how fucking difficult it is to you know, actually make a good cup of the coffee. Jur- and, and also just the journey that coffee goes through. Right. And why it's, right. it actually should be even more expensive than it is. You right. know what I mean? If we really want to like pay farmers properly and um, fuel that industry. But anyway... Um, but that's a perfect example, right? I mean, maybe 70% of the country has coffee every day. Right. And of those 70% of people, most of their interactions with coffee is in the is in the context of, like, getting in line at Dunkin' Donuts and getting something to wake up in the morning or something, yeah. right? Yeah, But um, But then you, like, you run into people who are able to show you the worlds that you've been ignoring behind these beans. Yeah. And you realize, like, that the stories behind them are so fascinating. And the, the people that produce the coffee and where it comes from and what their lives and are how, like. And how great will it be to, I mean, at some level, this is every single thing that our kids are learning about. They have this experience yeah. of discovery. You know, yes. how cool is that? Right, exactly. I yeah. feel like that is so exciting. And, and uh, I have to remind myself more often, I think, that that's what's happening when they yeah. ask questions like why or, you know, right. um, that we're taking them on that discovery. And, you know, it's pretty cool that we can access so much more information about these things so that we can better uh, inform them. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, which it's is awesome. pretty cool. And yeah. then they get used to the and, and the, the other thing I think is a, that's important is that even if you know the answer to these things, which yeah. we talked about on this show before. I rarely do. I have neither do I. You have to you guide them up. through the journey of how you would get Discovery. to the answer, right? Yeah. And then yeah. and then be excited about that. And then the, and then they go through that same thing that you go through when you go to the artisanal hard cider mill. Yeah. And all of a sudden, because they don't know these things. Oh, I can't wait already, to bring them. You there. know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah get get them hammered. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The Spider Man game. Has this been on your radar at all? Only because I I think I saw a post that you had posted. Is it a PlayStation Four? Yeah, game? Yeah. PS Four game. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is on. So you haven't I seen remember, it in the news or anything? In the news. No, Come it on. is in the People who know nothing about video games are coming up to me. They're like, hey, you playing Spider Man? I'm like, am I playing Spider Man? Uh, That's my life right now. Yeah, is I mean, Spider-Man in game. the news, as in there are some articles about it, even in major media outlets, but like. Yeah, right, exactly. Which doesn't happen that much I, with like the, a particular well, I video use that game expression title, right? in the news as like a major. Like, I, I can go to the New York Times homepage oh, and see God. it. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> it's in the news. Yeah, right. In the news. I mean, every fucking thing's in the news right That's now. That's true. You know? But How the to Spider-Man lose 10 pounds in five days, incredible. it's in the news. Um, uh, I, no, no, I, but I, I really... do. I want to hear more about it because I do remember my experience of playing Spider-Man for PS2. PS2, yeah. And that was Spider-Man fucking 2 on amazing. the PS2, I think, is even better than the first one. I think you're right about that, but if those I remember two correctly. Games, but they, they were incredible. Huge, right. So tell me about the it, big This is better here. than those games. How so? And, and I, I really was not expecting it. For one thing, I think it's the most honest and accurate portrayal of Spider-Man in any form of media really? I have ever come across. Wow. And I say that as somebody wearing Spider-Man shoes <laughs> who has been reading Spider-Man Wait, comics since my early childhood. Yeah, um, he's wearing you know, Spider-Man shoes. My favorite hero my whole life. Yeah, so I've like read a lot that. of Spider-Man stories in my life. Um, huh. I feel like I know more about you just in that pineapple and Spider-Man, man. That's all. A you lot more makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It all clicks together. It all it all clicks. Yeah. Um, and this is the best treatment of that character, and it's very complex, and it's mm. very difficult, and it's very emotionally intense. And uh, and I think just in terms of like the play mechanics, they're just incredible. You could explore re- like probably the most accurate version of Manhattan that's ever been created in, wow. in a video game. Like you can f- just uh, like that just alone walk around the Bowery so for cool. an hour and go into stores and talk to people and have different. It's like 
it's absolutely mind-boggling. Man, what, I wish um, I could play it. What they've done with it. Yeah, it's just, it's it's absolutely incredible. That's so, awesome. So the, my, uh, my, the reason I'm bringing that up is because the boys, as as you know, are also hugely into Spider-Man. Shit. As is Micah, too. She, she really likes Spider-Man, too. So, yeah, so we basically... Yeah. yeah, she's pretending. So so both, both like of Bethany the boys with now... with you, too. <laughs> oh, my God, you, too. Well, you know, they did the Spider-Man uh, musical, right? Yeah, I saw it. And it's it, fucking bad. You saw the musical? <laughs> I thought you. I didn't know if you were gonna say. Oh my god! No, we put that on. Or just bad. No, just bad. Wait, you put it on. You we was, put the music recorded? on to make fun of it. Oh really? In our house. Yeah. <laughs> did you like I it? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. You it. saw the production. I mean, I'm very biased. Did yeah. It, did anybody die that night? No. Because people, the night people someone, died, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, wait, is that true? Yeah. I, I think one person died. I think one person died. So, but not there were people, like many person. injuries too. Yeah, I believe that. But it's like the, the, you like the music. The concept is so dumb. <laughs> the idea that he's just flying over you the whole show, you know. Um, no, but I enjoyed the music and yeah. I, I, I had fun at the show. And you I was like, I said, I feel like we were really up close too, like five rows up or something. You saw it on Broadway. Yeah. Good for you, man. It was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> That's exciting. Congratulations. I hear the sarcasm in your, in your tone, which I um, appreciate. I, I would be saying the same thing. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's we, we, we laugh about deep, We laugh because the songs are so ridiculous in that thing. But anyway, that's beside yeah. the point. Yeah. The point is, is that this has been great because we, as a family, have been able to indulge so full throttle on mm, this obsession for the last, last yeah. month. Yeah. So like, so Jude and Henry both wear, they both have Spider-Man costumes, like full yeah, masks. Yeah, obviously. Oh um, man, and that's yeah, like and you posted... every day they wear these costumes <laughs> and we watch them and then they wake up and, and they wear them again. And you some amazing slow motion footage of them <laughs> yeah, in the costume. Right. Oh my god! And it's so fun. And Jude doesn't wear his costume to school because he's a little bit embarrassed about it. But yeah. we're working on the Halloween costumes. We're all. I'm going to be Venom. Nice. We're have two Spider Man. Venom was always Mike my favorite character. In oh really? Oh absolutely. Oh me too. Well, oh he's other the best. Spider Man. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. you gonna oh, go to the movie? He's better than Spider Man. You go to the movie? Fucking own him. Yeah. Um. I, two weeks. I no. I probably won't. okay. We I don't, should, I don't should do go to the movie anymore. That's true. So, Fair enough. But eventually, I really look forward to watching it. Yeah. Unless it gets panned, it, in it, which it'll case probably I suck. Probably, but we're yeah, going probably night. I'm going to wear a mask to it. But honestly, the he's yeah. Um, Venom is the best. But anyway, all all this is to say that it has been a really fun month. But this is happening in the context of me also being in like prime intense composing mode mm, on this ballet, which is coming yeah. along great. Which we'll talk about someday, probably in ten years. <laughs> Um, so it's been interesting. We've, we've got a little time, but we really should. Our like time in our family has been even more constricted than usual. Yeah, and it is genuinely, actually exciting. When I don't let it get to me, yeah. like last night, yeah. for example, I was. It was you know we went to bed at like eleven thirty. I was writing music. Micah was doing her work. Yeah, we were sitting there together. How's she doing? Um, she's oh she's doing great. That's she just awesome. had an exam today, actually. Yeah. Um, good luck, Micah. She's doing great. Even yeah. though you won't hear this until after. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck. Back in time. <laughs> um, and I was like, this is romantic. Yeah. It was romantic. Yeah. You know, we were both doing what we love to do next to each other. Yeah. And we were both kind of like in that moment and nobody ever sees me composing and she was like able to like be there and I felt really confident sharing that space and not, you know, I had headphones on so I wasn't bothering her. Right. It was like a romantic thing. It was really nice. So anyway. <laughs> when you said no one's ever seen you though, I just imagine this like frenetic process of you, you know, just like <laughs> half naked. Just shitting on the walls. Shitting yeah, on the right. walls. You know, doing all this Sometimes. creative stuff. Sometimes. You know, and then it just like comes down to like you noting one thing on a piece of paper <laughs> yeah, at like the end that, of it. the perfect E flat. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so I have a new uh, data point, I guess I'll call Do it. Journal really? entry. That's a better okay. term for it um, with Grace. And again, you know, I see this as a place where I can document so that uh, if, the time, if the time comes, you know, if she's a psychopath or if there's something else if going on there. there's teeth in the tissue um, box. I will have, <laughs> I'll have a record of it. Right. Um, so the latest thing now... Uh, she's been into going into the closet. 
I don't know how much more literal this can be, this part of it. <laughs> but no, she's been into like going into the closet and then she'll just want me to close it. And I think, okay, she wants to play hide and seek or something. And for like a minute, that might be what's going on. But then she just wants to go in the closet and wants me to leave. Wow. <laughs> and then she'll just stay in there. What does so, she do? So she was, well, here, here's the thing. She was doing this for a couple, a couple nights. And I was like, what is going on? Like, you know, sometimes she'll want me to go into a different closet. Well, and how long are we talking about? She'll just sit and stand in darkness, like an hour. No, no. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm fucking kidding. It, it's more like- 45 um, minutes. No, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe five minutes or okay. something. But like, you know- that's, Long that's enough that it's not just like a little long. blip. It's like uh, yeah. time is passing. And so this happened a few nights in a row. And I finally connected the dots. <laughs> it was maybe the third time this happened that I was like, oh- so I would go in and uh, eventually, like, she would say, no, go away. And eventually, you know, I'd, I'd open the door and we'd be done playing. Uh-huh. And each of the times she had pooped herself. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so apparently this was just her. She knows that she's supposed to be pooping in the potty now. Right. And so. Does she still have a diaper? Yeah. No, well, it's a pull up. It's not just like. Oh, oh it's yeah, a transitional. It's the transitional. Yeah, right. I don't know. Fucking. How long are you in a transitional? You know what I mean? I don't even. I Some thought, of us never move th- on from that, John. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be like, you know, for a few months, but um, I guess I don't know how many months it's been now. So she. she I, I think you had stop been really when good for a while. There's no more shit on the floor. I think that's mm, like. That's like. You're like, that's okay. That's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make the transition to underwear because then I know it's going to be disastrous. I don't want to clean that. Well, up. But you got to wait for it to be the right time. You she know? has like, to, yeah. She yeah. has to, she has to prove to me that she can handle. Well, it. I wonder if if the transition to pull ups has something to do with her wanting privacy in the closet. <laughs> do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it was more so that she knows she's not supposed to do it, and so uh, she hid in there for as long as possible before I then, you know, would have to change her. Um, she locked herself in a sarcophagus uh-huh. with filled with the smell of her own poop. Yeah, yeah. Just purely. How much do you shame this poor child? I know. You know, we really we were just talking about this, Bethany and I, because um, we've we've you know obviously quoted Angela Lansbury quite a bit. I mean, she, Janet Lansbury yeah, on this. And, we'll, say Angela. <laughs> we'll say Angela. We'll say Angela. I purposely did that. Uh, and she, her strategy, which I haven't listened to the episode, but I I should go back and listen to it. Um, but I'm going by what Bethany told me. <laughs> Uh, is that you don't have any expectations and you don't react one way or the other when they start going in the potty because it's like it'll just happen when it happens. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Counterintuitive. Um, So it just happens when it happens and, you know, it's not something to rush, which really resonates with me because I do feel like there's many stages where you – it goes back to our episode on control where you feel like as a parent there's things you're supposed to do. Um, right. To get it to happen, right, or not happen if it's bad behavior. But the reality is they go through phases and they're ready or they're not sometimes. And, you know, I think it's a combination of those things. But um, with this one, she was doing great for a while, like primarily going in the potty. And now she's like taking a step back and I'm not really sure what's going on there. But, you know, I think she's just not ready. The um, reality is is that it's obviously preferable yeah. to a kid to go poop in the potty, right? Yeah. Like at the yeah. end of the day, like she 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 wouldn't rather poop her pants like that. I but guess, where I she don't... is developmentally yeah. is she doesn't feel quite ready to take that leap yet. Well, and right? I think what happens with a lot of kids is they're so into whatever they want they're doing, they don't want to stop and go to the potty. Oh god, that's right? still an issue. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's I think that's behind a lot of it. But um, you know, the other point I think that Janet Lansbury makes and again it resonates with me is like they're going to get there. Like you know what I mean? Like like yeah. walking is another example of this with um with uh, my younger one, Luke. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, Se- hashtag second kid. Oh my god. Um, where you know he's now eleven months, uh-huh. and you know, so he's like getting to the stage where that should be, you know, a focus. And uh, so he's been crawling for a while, super fast at it, and he's also been cruising, you know, where he'll stand on, um, stand and hold stuff. Right. But he's not walking, which yet. is so cute. We were just um, talking about that the other day because some of our yeah. other friends they have a daughter who's just a, a month older, and she's doing the cruising thing yeah. everywhere now. It's so cute. So it's like any time between now and you know, it could be as late as who knows, eighteen months or right. whatever that goes to. I know some parents where that's the case with their kids, and I don't really think like it's just going to happen. They're going to walk. No one, right. no one, no one continues to crawl after. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like imagine if adults like some just right. you know their parents didn't teach them how to walk. <laughs> I guess it didn't they're going to crawl. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, that's, I feel like with uh, the potty too, I mean, within reason, obviously, like at some point, especially for preschool when she gets, I feel like that's a big moment where they have to be potty trained, right? Um, But yeah, she'll get there. But the closet thing was funny because at first I was like, what the hell's going on? And then- What is she doing? I don't know why it took me a few nights of this where she would poop and then I would connect the dots, you know? And you were just like, They were separate in my brain for a little while. Interesting. uh, Because you weren't even considering why she was doing that. No, for some reason I just thought they coincided uh, serendipitously. It's like, or, just like every time she goes in the closet, the poop happens. Yeah, yeah. that's where the poop happens. That's where the where the poop happens. Stamps.com. <laughs> uh, Stamps.com. Um, we had a, a little bit of an incident on the bus yesterday. Oh, what happened? So our friends Ted and Vicky, who live <laughs> they live at the next bus stop down the road. Yeah, and their daughter Tiki. Is, they, uh, they go by. T- yeah, we'll call him Tiki. Tiki. Uh-huh. Ricky Tiki Tavi. <laughs> Um, that's a very good movie, by the way. The, the animated the, wait, that's the animation movie? is very fluid. Yeah, with the mongoose, say it again. Cobra, Ricky Tiki Tavi. It's based on like an Indian folktale. Say it one more time. Ricky Tiki Tavi. <laughs> I just, I just enjoyed hearing pe- you say that. Pineapple poopy. Um, um, I've anyway, never so, heard so of it in my life. I think you just made it up. You should check keep it out. Going. So they live at the next bus stop uh-huh. down the road. So, uh, so Ted, who was uh, holding his daughter's hand to get on the bus, saw Jude getting poked by an older oh, kid. Oh man! And saw Jude say, "Hey, stop that!" Yeah. And so he let us know, he was, or it might have been Vicky. I don't know. One of them told Micah that this was happening. Tiki told Micah. Tiki, yeah. we'll say Ricky Tiki Debbie. Yep. And uh, and she, you know, let me know about this too. And we kind of talked about. Yeah. Uh, Did you beat the kid up? What do we do? <laughs> well, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, that night when Jude came back, we, I, th- I feel like something Micah and I struggle with is we are so eager to jump on these oh, things that we yeah. make them into more than they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're constantly like like telling each other like it's okay, like you can back off, like it's becoming a bigger deal. And then we don't want to like, close it out yet because we still yeah. you know, we want to like get the perfect message across. And before you know it, like he's you know on his Game Boy and he's and, moved on. His, yeah, right. But at the same time, like that was that was the first time that our, my kid's been picked on that it's I know. It's a huge of. moment. Yeah. And I wasn't there to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, you know, so we talked a little bit about what happened and he was mentioning that it was just like an older kid who was poking him and not poking other kids. Mm-hmm. And Jude told him to stop it, and they didn't think it was funny, and the kid yeah. was laughing. Um, and that was kind of like it. And then Jude kind of just moved seats, and it was it was fine. Yeah. So I was really proud of him. I feel like he did mm. a, a really – that's exactly what I would want that's him perfect. to do in that yeah. moment. Totally. But we talked about what would happen if it kept going on. Mm-hmm. We talked about you know going to the bus driver. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, then telling his teacher. Yep. Um. But I did. I did ask him. I was like, "Do you want me to come on the bus with you tomorrow, and you can show Send me the kid message. that did this?" Baseball in, in, in bat. That he can like, bring I'm, his baseball bat. I'm not going to do that. But right. lightsaber, lightsaber, yeah, maybe. Yeah, actual, actually, just a sword. <laughs> um, and Jude was like, "Was like no," and I was like, "Okay, good. That was the right answer." You know. <laughs> yeah, I just had a good conversation actually with a parent here, uh, a colleague who has an older kid, you know, in college now, 
And she was saying, she was, you know, just giving me some advice and saying how one of the best pieces of advice I can give you is when you have that compulsion to get involved, like when it comes down to, you know, two kids or in school or wherever it is, friend groups, whatever, don't get involved. Yeah. Like just let the kids deal with it. And, you know, obviously that's like with reason, within reason. Well, you have stages Um, set up, right? Exactly. Like he deals with it. If that doesn't work, then like somebody at the school or the bus deals with it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that doesn't work, then we'll But focusing as much as possible on the kids working it out because, you know, this is like, these are real life skills that they're developing, right? So to be able to handle that, I mean, you're going to handle bullies when you're older, you know, in in different ways, in different contexts. But But it's the same thing. um, It's the same thing. And, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, parents of millennials have gotten slack on this. And now as a result, millennials get slack on this of being coddled and not, right. you know, not being able to necessarily navigate um, the world in realistic ways sometimes. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, I won't get into that part, but I do feel like, you know, that compulsion as a parent to get involved, it's hard. Like, I, I, I'm, it's not, I'm very not there. Hard. I'm not there yet, but I can only imagine, um, you know, really wanting to get involved, especially when you see your kid being singled out like that. Yeah. So, you know. And, and you just see this, this, this sort of adrenaline yeah. feeling. And, and, yeah. and like, because and, I remember, like, I was the kid who... I didn't. I didn't really get picked on. I, I got. I got kind of teased, you know, by this one bully on, on my bus. But yeah. like, it didn't matter because I had more friends than he did on the bus, and th- they would shoot him down. And you, you were Spider Man, and I was also Spider Man, and I built catapults. Yeah, um, <laughs> you built <but>, catapults. <laughs> but but I had a lot of friends who would get picked on for being overweight or something, or you know, yeah. like for things like that. Yeah. Uh, and I was usually the kid who would jump in because I would get so angry because you were Spider Man, and I was also a hero. Yeah. Um, and I would get it over my head because I would like push mm. the kid down in the mud or something, you know. And then I'd be like, "Why? Like, why did I do that?" Because now I yeah. look like an asshole. Yeah. And also, this kid wasn't being evil. Like, this kid probably <laughs> has a terrible home life, and he's taking it out on a, you know. Well, yeah, but who the hell's thinking about that? I when know, kid? But, it's, but 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 even at the time, though, I was thinking like, I feel kind of bad for that kid that I just pushed down because he's probably wow. getting pushed. That was down thoughtful all the time. of you. I definitely well, wasn't I was Spider Man, so yeah. you know, I was very that's true. Advanced. Yeah. Um, bit my radioactive spider. Um, uh, but it's, it's something that I'm, I'm really trying to be. On top and of, you know and, what? That, yeah. the, I feel like the physical part of it is the least of it now because yeah. now with online bullying, oh my god, I know the pressures. Right? I mean, that is what I think I'm even more scared of because yeah. that shit lodges in your head and starts to become, you know, reflect who you are. Yeah. You start to take that kind of if you, you let know, it. If you let it, but you know, as a kid, you're impressionable and you're also. Right. Um, the social dynamics are so important, right? And right. so, yeah, I'm not saying if you let it, like it's the kid's responsibility to not let that happen. I'm saying if you're in a paradigm where mm. you don't have a strong enough sense of self yet, or that's something, exactly, it. or you're more Which, susceptible to it, yeah, yeah, right. And you know, and as much as we can work on ourselves so that it's like uh, building up the defense, it, it's not. That sounds a little bit too. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's such a male way of looking at it. Build up the defenses and then the offense won't get you, you know, right. but it's like... It's like a pineapple I, with the yeah. shell. Right? <laughs> but I agree with you. It's like building that self, a sense of identity, but like how much can kids do that? I don't right. even know. I mean, So in the absence age, of that, yeah. what I think is the important thing, and this is the thing that I'm, I worry most about fucking up personally, yeah. Yeah. is I want our kids to always know, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, yeah. to always know that they can talk to Micah and I. For sure. And me, rather. Um, and that we will listen and not judge, and we will be supportive so with and you. not get in the way I'm of so it. So with you, right? Because I want to hear any anything, right. anything. I want them to have that space, you know, and, and to feel like they're not like it's not a big deal, right? But then, and then you know, here I am asking Jude, and then not being able to drop it, and he's playing his Game Boy, and I'm still like, <laughs> well, like, were you scared? Like, were you afraid? I know, like, what but did it's, it feel like? Yeah, it's one so of those. I need things. to work on that person. You know, the other part of it that I think about a lot is with Grace and the dynamics between a dad and daughter, and like, I yeah. want her to be able to tell me anything, you know 
even if it includes her sex life or whatever it is when she's older. Um, and I don't know what that's going to be. You know, I don't know if it'd be boys or girls or whatever. It's all right. good. But like, you know, typically that's like a space um, in our culture where um, it, I think it's a lot harder for a girl to be open um, with a lot of dads, you know, in the world yeah. that we're in right now. And so I, I hope that I can be open minded and uh, I know it's going to be hard. <laughs> right. Well, that's why like people joke all the time who have daughters like, you know, guys, yeah. they'll be like all like, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to uh, whoever dates my daughter yeah. is in for a surprise. Yeah. And it's and it is funny because it is sort of this like stereotype. But I feel like as a culture, it's a good idea for us to try to. move past Well, that. that's it, because, again, <laughs> you know, if we're creating this environment where they can't talk to you, right, you know, exactly. hopefully they can talk to one parent. But still, I mean. I don't want that, you know, yeah. like I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, it's I so understand hard. the, you know, wanting to be protective. Um, and I also, <laughs> this is going to a even darker place, I guess, but I, it's never been clear to me as it is as a parent, um, how, uh, I won't say the word easily, but how someone can k- take another life, how someone can kill someone, um, <laughs> <laughs> This is supposed to be a funny episode. I know, I know. We're trying not to be serious this time. But trying to defend your family. So, in in other words, it's really easy for us to look at the world that we're in and certain, you know, wars that are happening or um, conflict in different areas and think, like, that could never be us. Or, like, you know, those are people who are just, like, always at war. Or um, uh, not understand, you know, as people who I think uh, you are also, you know, I don't know if you define yourself as a pacifist, but certainly we don't see violence as... Oh, yeah. Um, no, totally. A way of accomplishing, yeah. you know, anything, probably. Right. Um, but, <laughs> you know, if someone were attacking my family, like, I can actually picture myself doing harm to another human being in ways that I never could before. Do you ever fantasize about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, me too. I fantasize about what would happen if someone broke into my house and how I would destroy them. Oh, my God. I think about that absolutely. a lot. And I love thinking about it. Yeah. It, it's I like, love the idea that, like, you know, because I, I, I'm I pretty good with the golf club. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the I was on like the golf team in high school. Oh man! And I was and I was like, Do you if, think that there is somebody... a correlation between being pretty good with a golf club, but you know, playing golf right. and being good with a golf club to kill someone? I do because it's, yeah. it's all about torque, you oh, know. And yeah. I, I drive That's the fair. ball super okay. far. And okay. I, I've literally had that thought before. I'm like, I believe man, it. if somebody see for into me, the house you know, you already know this. Iron. It's just my fists, right? I mean, I, That's I take, true. You take do out teeth. I take teeth out. Yeah. Yo, man, if I start building catapults again, watch out. But I do think about that. Imagine Just like that one kid that bullied me on the bus. Uh, I used to go home and I would jump on the trampoline and yeah. I would picture myself pummeling <laughs> him to death. I would be jumping on the trampoline, punching him in the face. I'm sorry, um, but the trampoline, that's the best fucking detail. Doing backflips and shit. <sighs> um, that's precious. Because it's wait, it's so like, would you imagine? But I get, hate violence. Were you imagining a way of luring him onto the trampoline? No, no, no. So no, that no, you no. could use your trampoline no, technique. I was just so overwhelmingly. I know, but I still I need to keep going with the trampoline. I can't get <laughs> off of it. I'm just like the whole plan is around getting him onto the trampoline, and then you just <laughs> getting, fucking putting candy on there, pummeling him, <laughs> be like, check out my flips. I'll because double bounce you. You're at the advantage, right? Who the hell? Like, who was as good as you on you're the right, trampoline? I was, that was the king of that. So trampoline. you could have just owned him. Yeah. Whereas you know, on the ground. Street, you know, right. he, four feet taller. Than he I had am. the advantage, right? right. Exactly, but if you yeah. got him in the trampoline, in the air, he'd be he's done. Up. <laughs> he would be done. <laughs> Sorry, I just I had to. Well, that's true. It's but I, I do find myself thinking about that and thinking oh, about totally. it specifically in the context <clears throat> of protecting my family, and which, again, is a very not to mention thing. the other awful fucking reality, and that that it has to be on our mind so much more than it ever used to be is the mass shootings. I know, right? And what we would do, and in my mind, it's always that I would 
not hesitate to rush that person. Yeah. You know, but who the hell? I mean, I, I'm sure because I have zero training, that probably wouldn't happen. I'd probably freeze up just like everybody else. Right. Um, but <laughs> I know this is way off topic. That's okay. But I, it is I, a parenting I, thing that I just, you know, I think about, again, trying to ground myself in that idea. Um, uh, I could go so far on this topic, I probably shouldn't. But because I, I had traveled to Rwanda where genocide happened. And, <laughs> this uh, is the funny episode, John. <laughs> I know. We should. All right. Well, we let's talk about the Rwandan genocide. Go well, ahead. I'll just say a couple quick things. You know, it's easy to, to, to think about a genocide, okay? The very worst, you could say, one of the worst atrocities, right, in humanity. The mass yeah. killing of people. Right. At a level or a scale that we just can't even comprehend. Right. And how is that possible? The systematic extinctioning of yeah. races. How is it possible? People. And it's yeah. easy for us to do a, an othering of those people, right? Like those were a bunch of savages who killed other people, right. okay? I could see people saying that, using Monsters, that kind of language, right? because we don't yeah. want to imagine that that is in all of us, yeah. that we could actually do that. And underneath some of it could actually be protecting the welfare of our family. Yeah. Like that actually, I could see how that could be justification for doing some really bad shit. Right. <laughs> okay, we can move off of it now. Well, no, but I, I, that's a real, I, we'll come back to it, but I think that's a really interesting point that we don't live in a world of black and white, yeah. right? Yeah. And that, you know, we talk a lot about the banality of evil, but sometimes it goes beyond that and it goes into the motivations that people make people perpetrate evil acts in the first place. And it's sometimes it's not even mental illness and sometimes it's not just being a bad person. Yeah. Sometimes it's to protect what you think is sacred, right? Yeah. And like I think a very clear example of that is when you see abortion clinics getting bombed or shot mm. up, right? The people who are perpetrating those terrible acts are doing it thinking yeah. that they That's a perfect are example. Uh, that it's a holy cause that they're literally saving, saving the lives of unborn babies. children, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um and it, it's very easy to see why they would perpetrate something so terrible. Right. Do uh, we have to just keep going on this? Should this be an episode about violence? <laughs> it's kind of becoming one. Um, there's a really great documentary on Netflix uh, that I recommend you check out called Over. I think it's called Overturning Roe, and mm. it's about oh, the wow. whole journey of Roe v. Wade <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. How, how it came about in the first place, and then what's happened since then. And it really goes into a, a lot of detail in terms of um, the, the people who perpetrate those acts of violence and why and mm. how. And it really it really strikes me why people get into those situations in the first place or into cults. You know, like yeah. you think of, of people in cults as being brainwashed psychos. You know, but the yeah. reality is they're just accountants and they're just salesmen. Right. I mean, there's a right? segment of the population who are actual pure, you know, psychopaths. Right. Right. And that's a thing. <laughs> that's a reality. Ten percent of the population. Um, oh, I can never. It's so hard to. Yeah. believe that but yeah 10% of the population um, but for the most part you know I think it's a real mistake to think that it couldn't be us right. you know committing so doing awful things in this world because if the circumstances are there um, the environment the environment you know our upbringing there's a lot of factors um, I think I think it could be any of us and that's it's a scary thought but it's like you know that's we've talked about black and white thinking and the opposite right. of that which I think we try to um, explore more in this show in our own selves but you know, I just think it's a mistake to overlook it. But it's important to – yeah, right, exactly. And, and it's important to question ourselves and to, and to realize how lucky we are that we are born into an environment where inclusivity and openness and peace are really yeah. valued, right? Yeah. yeah. And where we're so comfortable in Even a micro-environment because in, in this country, I would say that is not the case. Yeah, right. You know, but like li – I mean literally our geography is a big part of it, right? Yeah. We're in New England. We're in a fairly uh, liberal <laughs> – a very liberal area. Um, and we're safe. We're and fundamentally safe. Yeah. Even though it doesn't feel I mean, like it sometimes. Well, it doesn't. Right. It, it, it might, but 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 that's yeah. in the context of an overall 
really safe situation yeah. where we're not fighting for survival, yeah. where we haven't been trounced upon by some rival ethnic group or something, right? Yeah. Where like we're all, and it's a melting pot. We have friends from all over the world, all different backgrounds. And there's a normalization of multiculturalism and peace building and bridge building. That's right? right. So for us, that's our norm. Yeah. So it's easy to judge people as being just categorically evil when they go against that and try to bring it down. But the reality is that they're not. But then the slippery slope with this mm. situation that I run into a lot, and we talked about, I think we talked about this in the context of the pedophile conversation. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Is that it's still important to hold those people accountable for what they've done. Even even if they were born in a very different situation. That's right. With very different proclivities and very different aptitudes and yeah. very different behaviors. Yeah. And even if if, if, their, if their evil acts came about as a result of abuse that they suffered themselves, you still have to hold them accountable. Absolutely, right? yeah. But it's, it's hard, man. Because you've got to stop that cycle, right? Because they right. actually, there's the damage that they do to other people directly. And there's also, you know, for the ones who are parents, I mean, God, you know, like the, the cycle that happens there, they turn victims into perpetrators in some cases. Obviously, right. this is not always the case, but... Um, but a crazy amount of the time it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> but it's important to check ourselves. In that it is. So, I mean, since we are 40 minutes in, I think we just keep going on this topic. <laughs> I mean, I'm throwing my notes aside. <laughs> just one hack. Just for the, record, for the record, this was going to be an episode about parenting hacks. <laughs> You know, tips and tricks <laughs> you can use for parenting. This was our funny and episode. And we will still do that. We, we literally had a conversation where we're like, you know what? We've had a few very deep episodes yeah. lately. Let's do like a light, funny one. That's and true. We're talking about the fucking Rwandan we'll get there, genocide. But we gotta, we'll get there. We, gotta, we gotta go all in on this because I feel like uh, it's a topic that feels really important right yeah, now. Yeah, let's, let's talk about and it. And another reason I feel it's important, and you know, it just came up for me, um, is, you know, you talked about Spider-Man. Like, how we introduce yes! violence... To our kids. Right. Um, and, you know, behind a lot of the superhero stuff is violence. Behind right. a lot of even kids' shows, um, there's there's levels of violence. And, uh, you know, an example for me, I just got, <laughs> as part of the bachelor party, I uh, you know, you get gifts as, ba- as the, um, not not part of the bachelor party, part of the uh, groomsmen. You right. get the groomsmen gift. Congratulations. And uh, thank you. And so my friend, knowing me, got me... A uh, you know a great Star Wars bib for Luke and a, a great Star Wars shirt for me and then a um, Han Solo Nerf gun, um, oh my God, which I also blaster. assume I is for that. me. But you know I'll share it with Grace. Yeah, we we, we uh, I I want that personally. Oh, it's awesome! I know it's so cool. Oh the man, the, the little darts know, so they cool. load in from the top oh, and and then God, I want yeah, that thing. I will say that. That's some nice gifts. It's it's a really nice Holy gift. Shit. The, the Nerf gun though, it gets jammed like. So easily, That's and it's for aesthetics. the design flaws. Yeah, it's for aesthetics. But anyway, so so I was playing with it with Grace, and it was the first time that I've actually um, played with any sort of like you know gun with her. Right. Play. And now for me, growing up, I always um, I always had Nerf guns, and like it was I just such a great memory of me like playing with my sister or other yeah. friends. You know, we'd go on opposite ends of our uh, of the bed and have like bunkers, you know, and then just like pop up and shoot each other, and it was just like so much fun. Laser tag, all sorts of things. Yeah. And then I had the experience of my cousins who were actually uh, into hunting, their family, and they weren't allowed to have any toy guns. Really? And, I, and that was a really interesting, interesting. thing that happened. You know, I, I guess the thought there was, okay, they're going to have real guns for hunting. Um, and wow. that, that they want to un- have the understanding that these are used as actual guns, weapons for... Right. So I guess that was the you know thought process there. So anyway, 
Um, I was thinking about this with Grace and like how I want to describe it. So you know, I only call it a blaster right now. That was something. Oh my you, God, this is yeah, yeah. Did, no, you yeah, actually right. were you planted that and idea. This is something and I thought that, that was really smart. But it's something that I'm battling with all the time yeah. now because I feel ridiculous doing that. I know because they're guns, and well, it's important to be aware of it the is, fact that they're guns. It is, yeah. I mean, but in I still this case, do that. I still well, do blasters. But also you know? in this case, it actually was a blaster. So that's true. It's a DR44. <laughs> that's true. Um, and then I was saying, you know, and then I'm saying you're blasting someone as opposed to shooting them. Right. But. I don't know. I, I love you. You have more thoughts on this because you've dealt with it, you know, and uh, there's the whole superhero side of it, too. Yeah. So Well, I, well, b- before I segue into that, I did have a note down that kind of ties to this. Yeah. Coming off of the Spider-Man conversation, which is that um, I, I feel like we're so lucky to have this cultural, uh, o- this a huge open space and culture for heroes and storytelling yeah. of heroism and like that the heroes that we choose to follow closely are by and large really morally good people yeah um and i i feel like i mean it's become a ritual because we have ongoing we have a box at the comic store that we go to yeah where they set aside the issues that we want you know oh, that's and, awesome and we go pick them up almost every every week there's usually at least one or two that are waiting for us and like and henry and jude and i we it's like a tradition every single night before bed mm. we lay down and we read through the story that our heroes are going through yeah and the storytelling is so. This is our Greek mythology. Right? It is like, exactly is, what that is, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's also pictorial, and it's just so yeah. interesting, and it ties to current and more events. complex than it, I feel like even when we were growing up. I suppose yeah. the comic books were there, but you know, at least with the movies, well, they changed. Seen, the characters actually have some depth to them now. I feel like well, that they, they always didn't had. Used they to. always had a lot of depth. But, well, but at now, least in the way that they were depicted in movies, I'll just say that. And like, now there's I, a yeah. lot of tying things together across the universe yeah which is so much fun comics, which is very fun yeah. and, and knowing that everything kind of works together and you see things that remind you of different things and you're like oh this is a reference to this yeah so the experience of you know going to the comic store every couple of weeks and picking up our comics is so fun because we're getting to see these stories unfold in real time and comics are made quickly you know yeah so yeah. like so they're like the comics that we're reading were manufactured like a matter of weeks before and they were How made cool like that? two months before that so it's yeah commenting on current fresh, events yeah so uh, just from a storytelling standpoint from an imagination standpoint i am continually thankful for that yeah like, the, like last night just laying in bed reading that i was like man i am so lucky to have spider specifically spider-man it's such a cool art form with the kids mm-hmm. um but it's funny because the the heroes are very depending on which hero you're talking about they're very different so micah grew up a. uh, uh for you know, above all else, a Batman fan. Yeah, I always loved Batman. Yeah, but I was never. She she is like an encyclopedia of Batman knowledge. That's and awesome. something that we bonded over when we were first dating. You know. Yeah. Um, well, and he is better than Spider Man. Oh man, <laughs> a fucking pineapple. Because um, come we, on, I mean, I just have so much res- so much respect for Batman in that. I mean, this obviously this case has been made a dozen, you know, a dozen, <laughs> a million, <laughs> countless, countless times. But you know, he doesn't have the superhero, the power, right? Right. And yet. He is a superhero, um, but he does. But he does have so the power much of it because is he is born into such incredible, incalculable wealth, and he's such yeah, a beacon. When you look that's at it fair. like that, as like you know, yeah, he's he's, a, and I don't want to, you know, to be too social <laughs> justice about this because I do love Batman, but uh-huh. he's a, a rich white man, you know, who yeah. like was set up to be successful in whatever he did. Anyway, not taking anything away from Batman because I fucking love Batman, but All right. I'm just saying All that right. he right. does have superpowers You're that right. are a little bit less visible. That's a good point. Yeah. Right? Well, so which is an interesting social commentary in and of itself. I don't know right. if it was ever designed that way, but but it, um, but it's and, and he he struggles with that and yeah. and the really good books yeah like the Frank Miller Dark Knight yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like that stuff. that's mm-hmm. a lot of that is about losing privilege and about dealing with you know yeah getting old and things like that anyway anyway sorry I interrupted you but but part of what I love about Spider Man among many things 
is that he comes from a place where he believes that the world is good. Yeah. And that his place in the world is good. There's that, definitely a purity in Spider-Man. There's a purity that, not that in, in spite of the fact that others. his parents died yeah. when he was a child. Yeah. He was raised by his aunt and uncle. His uncle famously died, and that right. was kind of what inspired the whole thing. But he didn't become driven by darkness mm-hmm. in this, and he didn't... Um, <laughs> like he became driven it's very by very different than Batman. <laughs> right, right. And I love the darkness of Batman, yeah. but I don't want our kids to be reading no, those books. No, I, I totally agree. I want them yeah. to get there. Yeah. But Batman is very dark and it's very um serious yeah. and it's very much about there is categorical evil in this world, yes, right? Yes, yes. Whereas Spider-Man all of the all of the antagonists are so complex and mm. they're so they're so identifiable and they're so much of ourselves like in Dr. Octopus. Yeah. His story arc is so fundamentally tragic and that's why in subsequent, you know, eras he's been come back as a good guy, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because cuz he straddles that line and that's that's what real life is like, mm. you know. But also the fact You're that Spider-Man a good case. the fact that Spider-Man never uses guns, although Batman except for the fucking DC Universe movies. Other than that, yeah. he does not use weapons right. either because right. of what happened to his parents. Yep. But Spider-Man always, and Batman too, they always make sure that whoever they're fighting doesn't die. Right, right? that's not their intention. That they do whatever it takes us to But what I love about Spider-Man, briefly, is that he is very proud of being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. That that drives his whole purpose. And that he could do bigger and crazier things, right? He could join the Avengers for real and go into space and, you know, and not just in one movie. But that that could be, like, the basis of his character. But he doesn't. He chooses to save, you know, people who are in very real dire situations in his neighborhood because he believes yeah and this is something he gets from may that if you save one person you can save the whole world mm. right and yeah. it's true if yeah. you can if, if i as a parent it's that starfish thing right you know the the boy who's walking along the beach picking up starfish and throwing them back into the sea and it's just the whole coast is lying with them and someone comes up to him and says you know you know you can't just save all you save uh, change the world and save all the starfish. I'm getting the story wrong. And uh, he's like, yeah, but I just saved that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's exactly. Like, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And that to me is a lesson, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not, I mean, with great power comes great responsibility is obviously a huge lesson in that as well. Yeah. But I think if you if you can save one person, you can save the whole world because that's true. And that's something that every single day of our lives we can strive for. Yeah. Every single time we do something for our kids that makes us tired the next day and makes us, you know, lose out on money and it's like a sacrifice, <laughs> but we're doing it because we love them. Yeah. We're saving their lives in little ways every single day. Yeah. Just, just as our lives were true. saved every single day by our parents. And that is genuine heroism that is not flashy and it's not huge and it's not charismatic. Yeah. But it's real. And so getting to tell these stories where Spider-Man, for example, causes somebody to quit smoking. That's one of my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> issues of any Spider-Man comic ever was Amazing Spider-Man 801, which uh-huh. was a one-off special. And the whole moral of this, spoiler alert, <laughs> if anybody hasn't read this old comic book, is that um, Spider-Man inadvertently causes this guy to stop smoking because he breaks up a robbery that was going on in a super, like a 7-Eleven yeah. while this guy was in line to buy cigarettes, and he saves his life. Mm. You know, it's a very small situation, but this guy goes home and he never smokes, and it, it goes through the rest of his life and all the things that he enjoys and how he gets to die an old man. And as he's dying as an old man, he's remembering Spider-Man, and he runs into Spider-Man, who's also getting old. Wow. Out in the street. And he tells him, and Spider-Man has no idea what he's talking about, because this was 40 <laughs> years ago, you know? But but he but but he knows exactly what this guy's talking about, because he saved his whole world in that one simple act of yeah. doing the right thing, you know? Mm, and so that's we amazing. Come, you know, we, we come here to Oxfam every day, knowing that we can make more money elsewhere. Yeah. I'm not knocking Oxfam. No, no, no. It's no, an NGO, and that's yeah, part of the reality of working yeah, in a nonprofit, yeah, right? Yeah. Knowing that we could be doing things that would be more, you know, that, that could be flashier for our careers and things like that. But, right. but we do these tiny acts of good every day. And that 
means something. And to me, when I read a Spider-Man story, I'm continually impacted by mm. that. I'm fucking crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this powerful. This is our funny episode. Yeah, this is our funny episode. It's powerful. I mean, I think there's something beautiful there in particular about connecting to young kids because I think that we go through this path in life where there's a purity there that Spider-Man embodies so perfectly and maintains and keeps, right? Um, that unfortunately, I think the world uh, chips away at with kids, yeah. you know, and it hardens yeah. you. Um, and, right, you know, some of that probably has to happen. Um, I don't know. It's it's really hard because it's like, it's not the way the world should be. You, you know, you can talk about that, right, in terms of violence. And it's just we know in our lifetime it's not going to be that. Right. And so the way that we operate and the way that we raise our kids has to reflect the reality so that's something I struggle with because, you know, I'm not there yet in terms of how to deal with bullies and all that. And I won't teach my kids to, like, fight back, you know, punch them kind right. of thing. Neither um, will we. That's a choice that's... that I'll make, yeah. Right. But but it's harder, right? Oh, it's so and hard. And that's the thing. Sorry, I got it totally off topic with the yeah. violence thing. But that's it's yeah. harder to do that. It's harder oh, it to not hit is. back. It's right. harder to not push that kid in the mud. And it's braver. And it's braver. And, think, and it's more heroic. Yeah. Right? And that's the, the spin. Or not the spin. That sounds artificial. I mean, that's the twist on this that I think there's so much truth there. But, you know, it's it's how we need to change the perspective in our society of the idea that brave or bravery is about violence. And so that's the part I think that I have a hard time with with the superhero stuff you know because it's yeah. like i guess it's about recognizing the fact that you know uh, us as humans i said it's like our greek myths because it taps into these deep you know heroic journeys right there's the hero's journey and it just has so much meaning to us as humans because we all have that ability in ourselves to become someone who is extraordinary someone who's so good you know and uh the the violence that's captured in those is the easiest articulation of heroism right um, in the world that we live in because, you know, there's that primal um, aspect to this of destroying evil. Right. Right? And but it's I, like, I do think it's important to remember, though, that it's, it's for the most part, in terms of the main problems yeah. that we're talking about, yeah. like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, these guys, that it is violence in the face of actual physical violence that that's needs right. to be stopped. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, so yeah. It's, 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 it's meeting this physical threat with something physical. That's right. Right? Yeah. Um, which to me is different. But in that paradigm, yeah. you have people like Spider-Man and like Batman yeah. who deliberately are non-lethal about it. It's true. And are it's deliberately non-gun-using. No, totally. But I guess what I'm saying is if yeah. we're going to teach our kids to not engage in violence with violence, yeah, right? we right. just agreed we would, um, I think th- it's important that we articulate what, but, what well, they're no, taking no, in as fair, a story. If a, if a bully is pummeling Jude's head, <laughs> yeah, then obviously. I want him to punch the bully back, Of course, back, right? of course. That's yeah. different. Yeah, it but is. If somebody's poking him, you know, I don't want him to retaliate. Yeah, yeah. If somebody's yeah. saying something to him, I don't want to, but, but if he's in if he's in a violent situation, he needs to be violent back right. to, to survive. But you know like, I mean? at the end of the day, these superheroes, their main, their, the way that they accomplish, you know, um, taking down evil is violence. Like, that's, that's their main tool, you right. know? So, but again, I'm not, I'm trying not to look at that in a negative light. I mean, there's a negative component to it, but I sure. feel like, the reason we tell those stories is that they speak to us at a primitive level. Like there's something about um, watching violence or, you know, reading a story that right. is like satisfying. Right. And so I, you know, I continue to, you know, I'll watch Star Wars and other movies with my kids and superhero movies and all of that. And so I guess I think it's about how we articulate that as something that is larger than life and as a story. And how we break it down. Yes. To I me, mean, oh, to the me, way that's you just broke down too. Spider-Man, I mean, to the point of, you know. Um, tears uh, because I, I, I totally understand thing, the right? yeah yeah it, it, totally. it's important to look at why he's forced to be violent mm-hmm. 
and also to make note of the fact that he hates doing that. Yeah. He hates fighting. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what he, he wants ever to be. Ha- he just wants to tell jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> he just wants to do research and tell jokes. Yeah. He's a scientist. Yeah. 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 But, but to save people's lives, he has to resort to violence. Mm-hmm. But, but he makes the choice while resorting to violence to preserve life, you know? Right. Um, and, and I feel like if we don't just blindly look at it mm-hmm. as, as being violent and nonviolent, and if we look for those shades of gray in yeah. there, yeah. there's really good room for true moral storytelling. But I do have to say that what I struggle with tremendously as a dad of two boys, mm-hmm. and I do think that there are differences. I mean, there's a reason why 98% of violent crime is perpetrated by men. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. right? We have testosterone, and there's a lot of societal well, reasons yeah. for that. The, and, the distinction between nurture and nature is really hard, like, they're, because they're so bound up with each other, yeah. and, you know, there's decades of uh, society going into any kid, even yeah. if you don't mean to or right. intend to. But there, yes. There, there, there are things that but are different. But I do agree I that there's, yeah. When it, you're raising boys, yeah, it's yeah. important to... Oh, I've seen them. You know, I've, right? I've tried to be as objective as possible in the way that I raise Grace and Luke, which, you know what, isn't even fair to say, because I dress them um, in, you know, conforming, uh, gender-conforming clothes. You know, right. I, that's something I do, and I've made that choice. So, like, right. I shouldn't say that I've, I've done this objectively. Um, but when it comes to parenting and, and uh, the way that I discipline or the way that I encourage them to, you know, like certain toys or whatever it is, I try to really be objective. And still, I do see um, distinctions. You know, I see Luke right. as as much more like physical <laughs> yeah um and you know even at this very young age like just more inclined to like grace i could have sit still and read a book for you know so long even at a right. very young age right. whereas luke is just like all about turning the pages and same just, thing like, with us yeah same yeah, thing. yeah but anyway and, and and when and when we hang out with our friends who have daughters it's the same like that they want to do our projects and they want to look at rocks and yeah. things like that and be very quiet and and judah's breaking windows in the background you right know what I mean? and and, and I, I it's obviously it's difficult not to generalize with that yeah but it's also really important to 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 be aware of differences physiologically at least in terms of gender you know yeah. when they're kids yeah and to parent according to that where appropriate. Yeah. And to look for ways, like you're saying, of not being too gender specific about it and not being like, yeah. this is... Because you know, at like, the end of the day, we're both doing it. You know, like right. some of that stuff that we're seeing, we're picking up on because we have those um, biases in ourselves. Yeah. Like there's no there's no denying that. Right. You know, and I'm okay. Like that's just, it's the reality. <laughs> right. It's just society, the way it's that it's set up. Yeah, exactly. So you have to address it. Yeah. But anyway, and, um, you were just building up well, to a statement here about raising so boys. Just something yeah. that I've, I've noticed is that violence erupts all the time in our household yeah. and it's always playful yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Ne- it's never like you know they're trying to murder each other but henry will smack jude out of nowhere a lot of the time with the intent of getting jude to hit him back so they yes. can wrestle right because it's and fun part of it's my fault because i wrestle with them all the time <laughs> yeah but obviously i'm not hitting them right, right. like i'm trying right. to like so so and and part of my favorite some of my favorite experiences as a kid were wrestling with my cousins joey miles yeah like that was something that to me like you know, every sunday we would get together at my grandma's house and we'd go in the background and we just had these crazy wrestling the matches and we would like you know we'd flip Put on the, the tights yeah the trampoline you know yeah, yeah the trampoline um, that's where it all and, and i love that and i think that's part of, of the experience of of my boyhood yeah you know? yeah and um and it was never i was never confused about this is real like this is i want to really hurt them yeah, i right. never i never crossed over into like i wish i had a gun right now yeah you know yeah and I think what bothers me sometimes about my insistence on substituting the word blaster for gun, yeah, is that I, I it's is that I don't want to lose the reality that that stuff exists mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, and that doesn't mean fetishizing the reality, but it means I, I I don't want them to not to ignore the fact that we live in a world where gun violence is an enormous problem, yeah, or that where where physical violence often 
um, is a way that people try to maintain power over each other. That's right. right. Yeah. But they're also tiny kids, and so I can't get into that yet. But it's something See, that that's I'm thinking the part about of it. I think there is, yeah, I think there is an appreciation for the development stages as well. And you know, I think another reason why superhero stories um, and violence in movies and every media form resonates so deeply with us as human beings, and particularly kids, is that it is so much simpler to grasp. Yeah, you know, and so even as adults, well, like obviously as adults, we also are still um, way into superhero stuff. But as kids, you can imagine that you know. I don't know, explaining uh, how to defeat evil in its, you know, psychological form, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's, like, certain levels of that that you can convey, um, books about bullying or, you know, some other stuff right. where violence isn't the means of getting, you know, someone to do good. But it's a lot harder, and I don't know that kids could even comprehend it. So there's also that aspect to it. So it's kids a, are fundamentally simpler behaviorally, yeah, you know? And yeah. it's important. It's okay to say that, you Oh, know? Uh, of course, like, yeah. Like, for, for They're kids, stupid kids shit, do, yeah. <laughs> they do live in a world where there's rights and wrongs. That's you know? right, exactly. And so that's why, another reason why I think, um, you know, violence comes up a lot, because it is just a natural, it's a very easy way of conveying good and evil. And, visually, too, Yeah, right? visu- well, that's another huge it. element to it, absolutely. Right? Exactly. You can't see the, you know, the shapes of evil that um, I think are much more prominent in our world today that right. aren't you know, and taking place, or maybe they lead up to violence, but they aren't at their root. Like, I would love to read them the transcripts from the Nuremberg trials, but like, <laughs> they're not going to care about that, yeah. right? And then, and then there's the piece that you were just talking about, which is that I think there actually, there are healthy, violent outlets, mm-hmm. you know, like to me, um, roughhousing or wrestling or whatever you want to call it, um, violent video games or, you know, um, game, whatever other games, like I see that as a healthy outlet for violence. Right. And I think... I think that's a good thing, right? Because I, you know, I, I don't know how much I don't know I don't know the science behind this, but I imagine that denying that is also not a healthy way of dealing with it, right? And can come out in ways that you don't want because it's everywhere in society, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like sex, like that's yeah. the other, that's the other. I mean, and that's a whole. I, actually, we should have a separate episode on that because yeah, that's, that's another thing that is just everywhere, and that we're constantly going like, oh, oh don't, don't do that, or like, don't, oh, I got to so turn true. this off, and don't look at that, you know? Yeah. Um, but with violence. Well, see, I, I think most Americans with violence do not have that thought process. And I'm yeah. not j- just saying everybody's an idiot, but I'm saying I think in general we're so used to seeing violence everywhere that we don't do the same thing that we do if, for example, we saw nudity on a television show. That's right. We'd be like, okay, well, that guy on that show got shot and now he's dead, but, like, you know, it's okay. Whereas if you said, like, oh, that woman had an orgasm on that show, yeah. then, you know, I would feel really weird about the kids seeing and that, And right? that is not the way, from what, I've, what I understand in, like, Europe, it's the reverse. Exactly. Like, yeah, right. They're much right. less inclined to show kids' violence. Right, mm-hmm. which is obviously a much bigger topic than yeah. we could possibly get into right now. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, I think it's important to exercise some of that same restraint that we exercise with sexual things, I with think so. violence, and, and having a specific, like, for example, I'm not going to play a Call of Duty game with the kids. Right. I don't want them to see me using a gun to shoot somebody, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Because I think that's a really deleterious image for well, and that's people a, yeah, who don't it's, know it's themselves. It's realistic. I mean, it's, it's, real, it's much it's, different. And, mm-hmm. it's, and, it's, and it's something that they're going to be trained about in school, avoiding that happening, that's right? right? Like, that's that's a, it's a real problem. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but that if it's a cart if it's a ratchet and clank game and they're shooting laser blasters at cartoon aliens, then right. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is weird, but that's a judgment call. No, I I and that's, see. And yeah. That's being like, I can you know understand. What? I'm going to allow violence to enter their lives up to this point, mm-hmm. and after that point, we're going to wait until they're more fully formed people. Oh, it makes so right? so much sense because you know kids are dumb, but they're also <laughs> they're also really smart. I'm <laughs> right, saying that half right. jokingly, right. Um, but they're also really smart in that I think they are able to distinguish between 
um, what is clearly pretend. You know right. what I mean? Right. They're exactly. not gonna, right. I don't watch right. Star Wars with Grace, and she doesn't think someone you know is going to walk out on the street with a lightsaber and take someone down. Right. I don't think. Right. <laughs> well, maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but if you engage with the material, then you can get around that happening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like uh, what, when we see something that I know scares Jude, because Jude's in a weird place right now where he's getting yeah. very scared of mm. a lot of things and kind of like over, I think he's kind of like almost like diving too deeply into the fear that he's feeling about oh, things to kind of articulate it better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that it's, sounds like it's it would be cr- the right crazy. thing, though. Developmentally, it sounds like that. That makes sense, you know. That it does. But, under- like, for example, like, um, you know, the ballet that I'm writing, uh, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a monster in it, which yeah, we've yeah, talked yeah. about. And, and, I, and I'm having him listen to what I'm doing to give me feedback on the relative level of scariness because mm, I, want, I don't so want smart. the kids that are hearing it to, to not be able to crying. pay attention to anything else, right? <laughs> yeah. And he was, like, horrified the whole rest of the oh, day. wow. And he actually hit me. Holy he was crap. so scared because I was because I was I, well because I was kind of busting his chops. Like it, later yeah. later on, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. kind of humming it. You know, uh, <laughs> I was like smiling at him. We were oh, playing, and then, and then I like kind of hummed. So the you theme. definitely deserved. That. <laughs> well, I deserved retribution, but not physical retribution. And that was why well, yeah. I, I, I did <laughs> no, deserve to be I'm hit kidding. in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was that was a moment just the other day where I was like, you know what? I'm sorry that I pushed you to that point, but you cannot retaliate. That's physically, right. right. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm actually scaring you that badly. Then you need to tell me or tell mom or cover your ears or do yep. something like that. Yep. But that's something that we're really having to, yeah. to jump on. And just yesterday, actually, as we close, uh, we had a very big incident because Jude pulled on Henry's head again, which is just a constant problem Grace in our is household. doing this, yeah, with, just with Luke. That's how she tries to constant. pick him up by the head. I feel like his head's <laughs> just going to pop off his body. <laughs> yeah. Me too. It's scary. It is I know. scary, yeah. Because people get internally decapitated with that oh, stuff. Gosh. Like, that's a real thing. You yeah, know? but I mean, probably not with two kids. Yeah, probably that... a little more forced than that. But um, but yeah. <laughs> but but Jude had done that, and then he lied about it to Micah, mm. who saw him doing it. Yeah. And he said that he didn't. And like, and we really blew up at him about yeah. it, because like, he's been trying to get away with lying lately more. And he's terrible at it, luckily, <laughs> you know, which is good. But at the same time, like, um, it's really infuriating, and, yeah. and especially the fact that he's perpetrating violence. Even though it was an accident, I don't think he was trying to hurt him. Right, right, right. But then trying to lie about it. So my point being, trying to call attention to moments of violence and call them out for what they are, yeah. I think is important. And in fact, oh, keep going, sorry. I cut well, you especially off. when it's non-consensual. Yeah, like yeah. Right? And I think in exposing them to other forms of violence that are maybe more positive, like superheroes, you're actually giving them a, a language around it or more um, exposure so that you can have those conversations, which I imagine is also a helpful That's a great point. Um, element to it. I'm just you know thinking of it now. Um, to make sure that we do inject a little funniness into this, I'll share a quick story so we can wrap <laughs> up. Um, so maybe this is a precaution. And if, if you are getting your kids into some toy guns, this is what happened to me. Um, and actually, I was in high school at this point, so I guess I should have known better. punch your teeth out. <laughs> but we were, uh, you know, so I was into video, as I had talked about. And I was in this class where we had to do a storyboard, create a storyboard for something and take uh-huh. photos or, or drawings um, to tell a story. And so we did it with photos, and we decided <laughs> at night outside of a school, which there's this whole um, beautiful park that overlooks Boston, and we decided to film a uh, drug bust scene. <laughs> and I was the person in the car getting busted, and my friends were there, and I had <laughs> I had a fake revolver that looked dangerously real, okay. and I had a bag of confectioner sugar which was made to look like cocaine. <laughs> um, and I and I had splashed some of the um, confectioner oh God, sugar full on my... Face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On my, uh, at the time, mustache. I'm you know? reloaded! Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, another friend was going to, like, bust me with other guns or whatever. 
And so sure enough, of course, you know, this is the middle of the night. Someone called the police oh on us. Oh, my God. And so the police show up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and have us get out of the car. And I have a fucking realistic you know, revolver. A realistic revolver. A bag with, confe- I know it's confectioner's sugar, but like, it looks bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's at nighttime. And it's at nighttime. And this was, you know, in my town I, where I grew up and stuff. So, so the cop, um, you know, pulls us over and like, we have to be really careful. Like, I don't want to make any sudden movements. I have a toy gun oh and all my this. God. And so he finally, you know, it, it, it didn't get super tense, but he saw it and he's like, if I saw you with this, I'd shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> and they do do that. And he's, yeah, they certainly do. We know that. Um, and so, you know, so he called that out and he was pretty pissed with me. Thankfully, one of the cops, I worked with his wife. And so he knew me a little bit and he's, you know, and as soon as, soon as he saw me, he's like, oh, I, you know, I know these kids like, are just, not Tony Montana. And that's, then, and yeah. I explained what we were doing for the project and he's like, all right, you want to get a couple shots with the police oh cars? Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so, so we turned it into one with actual police cars. Oh my God. Uh, real. So you actually had like a real location shoot going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what story that was. I don't know what the moral of that story is, <laughs> but it's one that I had to share because when we talked about violence, we were, we were talking about fake guns the other day and uh, it made me think of this. So. Well, and I, I can make it nice and serious as we close again. Please. And, uh, and just say how lucky uh, you are that... To be alive. Yeah, that you survived that. that, but also that you weren't, you know, black in that situation. Oh, man. A really serious way to no, end it. But, but it's, you're it, it's extremely that that correct a lot, about that. Um, that. That, like, a black kid with a fake gun will get... And get what kind of privilege I have to be able to fake all of that and go out and, uh, yeah. and just, you know, get away with it. Because I thought no about that, issue. too. There have been times in my life where I've been... Um, like pulled over and I've realized that like I've just gotten really good treatment yeah. out of it and I just sort of like talk to the, talk to the cop and like our shared kind of vocabulary mm. and I'm like hey you know I'm tired oh, I'm man. sorry like you know I, I just forgot that there was a stop sign and it's like and I just like kind of drive away and I'm like man that's a very different experience yeah. depending on your race which is not to say that cops are idiots or evil but no, it's to no. say that like that I mean, it's a that's real a situation that, problem. Yeah. yeah right yeah. And, and, and it's also in very closing it's important to note that um, I am raising two, you know, white kids. Yeah, yeah. And I and I really wonder how different this situation is in other households. I, I mean, this is a, obviously the tip of the iceberg with this topic, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the way that we can talk about this um, in such a sort of light tone. Right, <laughs> that we can laugh about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. All um, of it, mm-hmm. and 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 thinking very different picture for a lot of people uh, growing up in this country or parents, you know, or who people have to deal who grew up in, in are... areas where there actually is like just out in the streets gun violence. Oh yeah, on, right. Yeah, not to mention yeah other countries. And I wonder, I wonder what that's like in terms of uh, dealing with violence in those mm, households. You know, yeah, it must be such a different relationship to it. Absolutely. But I, I do hope that that those same heroes that we're talking about, because I mean, they they resonate oh, know, globally. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, and I'm sure that some of those same messages come across mm. even in vastly different places. You know? The complexity that we talked about here with violence, it actually is. It, it can become a lot more black and white in some of these places where people violence is a daily thing that you deal with. And right. so I imagine, yeah, those kinds of stories can be really helpful right. <laughs> to get through it. Man, another serious All right. one. All right, well, we're going to get funny next time. <laughs> we'll do our best. Talk to you Thanks, later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.